we learned, there is a center for researching long-distance relationships that exists in the world. Actually, unfortunately, it doesn't anymore. Oh, I was oh, looking no. into it. They broke I know. up. <laughs> if you're happy with the same old ways of dating If you enjoy sucking at communication And you have no desire to improve your romantic life Then our podcast might not be for you But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships Broaden your sexual horizons Develop a better understanding of yourself Or learn more about non-monogamy Then you've come to the right place I'm Jace I'm Emily And I'm Dedeker And this is the Multiamory Podcast On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about spooky action at a distance. What's that? AKA quantum entanglement. What? Oh, sorry. Yeah, just wait. kidding. We turned into a science podcast when you weren't looking. Yes. This is on this episode of Stuff You Should Know. I hope not. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking about spooky partners at a distance, also known as long distance relationships. Oh, do they have to be spooky? Because we're, no, because we're, it's October. It's oh, right. right. That's why I thought you said spooky in the first place and why you wrote it. And I was like, ooh, October. But no, <laughs> you're talking about quantum relationships. Yes. Yes. Talking about quantum relationships actually just long distance relationships so long distance relationships seem to be pretty common among people practicing non-monogamy i mean they're actually pretty common just in general but we have found that when you have multiple partners or at least kind of are, are opening up the ideas of what a relationship can look like long distance relationships become kind of a more viable option or they become something that i feel like we're seeing slightly more often when yeah. you're kind of allowed to look outside the bounds of like a very quote normal looking relationship right um, well i think you know definitely as we're seeing more people choosing the like you know being together but living separately for instance you know yeah, sometimes while example. they're married or sometimes while they have kids and of course sometimes it takes a certain amount of privilege to be able to do that but other times it is just about i like the apartment that i live in and mm -hmm. <laughs> you're not the cleanest person but i love you a lot you know, things like that. And it can come down to, I would actually argue, like a lack of the privilege to just move up and live wherever you want to. That's true. Right? That yeah, if you true. meet someone and you have that connection or a job takes you to another place. Yeah. Right? That this actually is a pretty common thing. Um, and the three of us have all had experience managing long distance relationships of our own. Um, not only our romantic relationships, but also our friendships, especially with each other, but also with, you know, other people back in our hometowns and all of that. Um, and we've had many different iterations of these. So even for you relationship anarchists out there, there's stuff in this for you. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. So how, how do y'all feel about long distance relationships in general? I mean, that's cool with me. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Sometimes they kind of get a bad rap, like they get a little shit on sometimes mm -hmm. by people like, oh, that's really never going to last. Or mm. if you tell someone, hey, I'm I'm in a long distance relationship right now, their first reaction might be like, oh, uh, mm, I don't know. Like, about oh, that. I'm so sorry. Oh, that yeah. Must be so like, rough. Oh, that must be so difficult. Wow. You're really brave to like go through that. <laughs> mm. But I know a couple people who are married and are living like in separate countries from one another and only right. see each other maybe 
I don't know, six times a year or something. Mm -hmm. And they're still, you know, that's still really meaningful. They have a lot of, they use a lot of the tactics that we're about to talk about here, but they don't have to be together 24 seven for it to be a really meaningful, good relationship. This is one that for me, my views on have changed completely. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember the years. Yeah. For years. I was just like, I'll never do it. Like, yeah. nope. That's but you a, did do it when you were in college, kind of. Kind of. Well, that's part of what encouraged me to say I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Was like just how much drama that created in that relationship. Really? And uh, and these are all things we'll, we'll probably get into more. But um, yeah, just like how painful it can be when you just feel like you're sitting around all the time, like pining for this person and not getting to see them. And you're getting like... And then you'll get in fights on the phone and it's just all of the shitty parts of relationships and none of the good parts, which is like mm. kissing and cuddling. Yeah. And right. And my views now are completely different yeah. where I'm like, I actually, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'd regret saying this, but like, I feel like I would love for all of my relationships to be long distance, at least part of the year. <laughs> like, well, aren't some that, nice, that, aren't I'm on they? board with that. Aren't like, they? For well, you too? I mean, that is what my life is right now. Yeah, but, yeah that's yeah. what my life is right now, where it's like all my relationships, at least part of the year, are long distance. Um, yeah. I find it I don't know. keeps I, you from falling into like that rut, rut that you yeah. can end yeah, up in. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, definitely, like I certainly have times of being like, oh gosh, like it would just be so much easier if all my partners just lived in the same town and also if I just lived in the same town um, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. for the whole year. So I guess ugh, that's a little bit on me, but um you know, like, of course, I'll get wistful and be like, oh, this would just be so much easier to manage if it was just everyone was just in the neighborhood. And But at the same time, like, I think back to the days when that was the case, when, like, all my the people that I was seeing were in the same town. And, like, that although, was also of course, challenging. That was also very challenging, I, I think, because, like, I was much more likely to end up sacrificing my own time yeah. to just spend time with everyone else. And yeah, I think that's the one. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and not that spending time with partners is bad or, like, I felt coerced or forced or anything. It's just that, like, it was so easy to just default to I'm not going to have any alone time because there's always someone to hang out with versus now, like, even when I'm spending time with one partner, I still feel like I'm better at being able to kind of have boundaries around my own space and time, I suppose. Um, You feel so much obligation when you're like constantly around people and around multiple partners, I feel like, because I know that I get caught up in this, you know, I I have like my multi-amory days and I have my days when I see my friends and I have my days when I see my boyfriend, but not very rarely are those times also for myself mm-hmm. or like I when I kind of carve out specific days or even hours for myself. It happens so infrequently and maybe yeah. I'm just not as good at setting those boundaries as the two of you are. Well, I don't know. Honestly, I always think that I'm really good at it. And then I come back to LA and then I'm like, how did my entire calendar get booked in like two seconds here? I guess I'm not as good at this as I thought that I was. That's true. I find sometimes it's, it's not even so much about like everyone coming after my time as much as, especially if I'm living with a partner or even with a friend, Mm -hmm. how it's just easier to do something with them instead of to take time for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, I'm sorry, this episode isn't about alone time. We should actually do an episode on that. I think oh, that would should. actually be really cool. I don't know. It'd be maybe smart. a short episode. We'd just be like, do it, have do it. it, have some. Do it. It's important. Well, 
I think it could be valuable because I think it relates to what you do while partners are on dates. Yeah. It's also just general, your own personal health. I, I think there's a lot of, I think there's stuff there. Yeah. We'll, we'll look okay. into it. We'll see if yeah, there's an episode in it. That makes so sense. is, do you think that it is easier to stay connected digitally and I mean, obviously it is just like far easier more, than it used to be. It, well, it's far easier to stay connected digitally, but does that, you think it, does that in and of itself make long distance relationships also easier because you're not, for example, just having to call on the telephone every night or every week or sending like snail mail letters, you know, Jeez. that'll take weeks yeah. to get there. For example, yeah. you get, I, I mean, think, we're looking at you, Dedeker, right, right now. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I do think, Definitely, like, place. a big difference is just the ease of being able to have, like, video calls, for instance. Yeah. Because I remember being in a long-distance relationship in my early 20s when, like, bandwidth wasn't really great enough God. to do mm-hmm. super smooth video calls. Like, you could do some maybe like, grainy, choppy, awful ones, yeah. you know. Um, so, for the most of it, it was, it's like, at least you had the advantage of being able to instant message back in those times. Less so of texting, Um and even then, even being able to instant message, I was still kind of like, this sucks and I never want to do this kind of relationship again. And, well, yeah, and you're like think, at a computer. You're yes. not just like phone in your hand, yeah, wherever. Yeah. That's or even true, yeah. not even being able to see the person all that often as yeah. well. Like not even being able to see pictures or, or anything. Like So I do feel like things changed, at least for me, just with with this, with being able to have access to like video so much easier than we ever did before. Not that it's a good replacement for the real thing, of course, but I do think that for a lot of people, it makes long distance relationships easier. Yeah. Well, it's interesting actually in looking into some of the research that's been done about long distance relationships. One of the things that was cited as a potential pitfall is when you're having more phone conversations, you lack the like visual... Mm. Um, you know, I think text conversations even more so because you don't even have tone of voice. Yeah. Um, but you, that you're lacking like the visual cues, right? right? For how someone is saying something when they're saying it. And I, I was curious actually, because I haven't seen any research about that. Like how has the availability of video affected the way long distance relationships go and kind of what the pitfalls are. I think probably because it is such a relatively new thing and it can take a while for studies to, to come together. But I actually wonder if you might see a significant difference between couples who do more of their talking over video versus ones who just do audio in terms of like the numbers that is of interesting and especially or... since we learned there is a center for researching long distance relationships that exists in the world actually unfortunately it doesn't anymore oh i was oh, looking no. into it they broke I know. up <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was a particular professor who started this and it they didn't give a reason why the someone else created a site to like keep their work I out, see. out there in the world but unfortunately this center for the study of long distance relationships doesn't exist anymore oh, oh they okay. okay either they broke up or they finally moved to the same town or something <laughs> yeah, <I don't laughs> like we're not long distance anymore we can't yeah, we don't do need this. to study it anymore yeah right uh. well okay but i guess the important thing is that like research has been done upon mm-hmm. this this isn't yeah. just a weird aberration in relationships that's well, not being thinked about very thought about, thought oh, about it, it or talked about not being thinked about yes. yeah <laughs> yes yeah it is it's definitely more prevalent i think than it has been in the past 
and people I like don't know i don't well, know if it is it, That's yeah an i interesting mean question going and for example like match.com or something you can go on there and like start up a long distance relationship yeah. over the internet for the first time probably well maybe I, yeah. match.com has been around for a long time but i think that, yeah but yeah. well i think no i think emily has a good point it's like the fact that it's like easier to get into a long distance relationship in the first place since you can connect with people from around the world if you really yeah. want to um I, I suppose, or like yeah. you could develop a relationship yeah. with someone in your wow guild and exactly oh my like, goodness totally. yes no people i totally. interviewed for my book like met in their wow guild <laughs> um, yeah. you know that's happened with a lot of people i think also um you know just the fact that you can like go on vacation and just like pull up tinder and it's a lot easier to just meet someone who lives in another country mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know then if you realize you're really into them then it can keep going and also i think the fact that um i don't know there's a number of factors i think like it being a little bit it's kind of like like easier for people to do things like work remotely, for instance. And so like if they want to stay in a particular city where they're very comfortable, like they don't necessarily need to up and move across the country for a job if they don't want to, if it's like where their partner is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people kind of have a little bit more freedom of choice of where they're going, which I think on the one hand could make it easier for there to be fewer long distance relationships. But I think on the other hand, it also enables more of them to uh, yeah. to be maintained as it were. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about some stits and stats yeah. regarding all of this. So apparently, according to the Journal of Communication, long-distance relationships have the same or more satisfaction in their relationships than couples who are geographically close. That's really interesting. It is interesting. And I the, the thing we unfortunately don't know is kind of specifically how long they've been long distance. Is yeah, this, right. You know, this is kind of an average of all of them, right? Right. Um, that were done in this study. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because it reminds me of statistics that we talk about sometimes about polyamory and about non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that like levels of trust and relationship happiness and satisfaction have been shown in several studies to be the same or more yeah. as their monogamous counterparts. And it's just sort of, in both cases, I think people's assumption without knowing much about it is like, oh, you must be less happy in that. Yeah, right. That must be something you do because you can't find the other. Mm. Right, like you must do long distance only because you can't be together, or you must do polyamory only because you can't find the one. Right, mm. right. Is, but it is kind of that principle of like if you have you know adults who are like consensually and proactively choosing a particular form of relationship and are still dedicated and committed to yeah. you know that relationship, then it makes sense that it would be about the same level of satisfaction as they would even if they were in like a a geographically proximal relationship, relationship, as I believe yeah. all the studies are calling it. Yeah. Geographically proximal. A GPR. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, one of those. There's go. LDRs and GPRs. And GPRs. Yeah, yeah, That's you good. know. I like that. Um, they also found that uh, the long-term chances of success, and now, I mean, what the heck is a long-term chance of success? Um, What's based, success? Ah, yes, I'm exactly. It gets out. into the, all those questions. but I, I'm And gonna, what is long-term? My interpretation is based on this particular data. My interpretation is like the chances of the relationship just continuing and not ending is kind of how I'm interpreting it. That and does so, seem to be how most traditional research measures success of relationships. Yeah, is just is, if it continues, is to it happen. continuing? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just look at it based on that. So basically, they compared you know um, uh, relationships that were in the same location to long distance relationships at three months, six months, and one year. And oh, so you they mean find, GPRs and LDRs? 
Yes, I do mean GPRs and LDRs. I don't wow, want to confuse you people. Rare form no, I know, I know. That's really confusing. <laughs> Some other people call them like close proximity relationships, so CPRs as well. Mm. Um, Let's not call it CPR. I yeah. prefer GPR. Okay, Although, we'll stick with GPR. Yes? If you're in a long distance relationship and you're tired of it, you could be like, we need to do some CPR on this LDR. Oh, you know? Oh my yeah, God, you're good. being such a Jace right now. Okay. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, he's going to create more things <laughs> yes. shortly. As I was saying, they compared them at three months, six months, and one year into the relationship. And basically, from the sixth month point onward, long-distance relationships actually have a higher chance of continuing what they call long-term success, but I'll just say a higher chance of continuing and not ending than people who are geographically close. Why do you think that is? That's a really good question. I have some theories. What are your theories? Well, I guess just that because so this is saying you've already lasted more than six months. Yes. Once and you've I lasted past like, six months. Yeah. And I feel like if a relationship, like when you're in close proximity, you can sometimes rely on these other crutches to, to, to like kind of make a relationship last past that initial meeting. Mm-hmm. Like maybe just having sex a lot, just like being very sexually mm-hmm. compatible or right. maybe really um, entangling your lives and kind yeah. of feeling a little bit, in retrospect, maybe a little stuck in that relationship, but at the time feeling like, oh, it's just, it's commitment, you know, it's, I'm being so serious about this relationship. Yeah. And that in long distance, you don't have either of those things. There's probably other ones as well. Um, that I think it's like, if, if that lasts, then. It really means something. Well, you just, you've found a certain level of like communication with each other. And, and it yeah, seems like there's certainly something there other than just like that chemical NRE high of being around each other like that there's some kind of quality i guess that's maybe what i would interpret it as like you found some kind of quality or some way to communicate or some kind of good patterns that are keeping the relationship going beyond just like your chemistry when you're physically together in the same room yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense um and then another one is that we found that they feel higher levels people in long distance relationships um, feel higher levels of dedication to their relationships and less feelings of being trapped. And that's what I was going to say as to why maybe it works for mm. a longer period of time than some closer proximity relationships mm. because they have the lack of feeling trapped, of feeling like they have to spend every waking second with that partner. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. true, huh? Like if you're if you're long distance, I mean, I know it's so easy when you're in NRE with someone to want to spend every waking second with them, but then yeah. maybe that sets up some unsustainable habits or unsustainable Probably. expectations. But if you're at a distance, I guess it's a little bit harder to fall into that particular habit. Yeah, presumably. From a distance. Sorry, I just had to. That, okay, all that right. Song Got that in there. What song is that? Is it's, that a, some, it's a Christian yeah, pop I th- song. I knew it. But it was, like, it, but it was like on the mainstream pop uh-huh, charts. No. It was on the mainstream pop charts. Who was it? Do you remember who that was by? No. I you were, you guys were probably too young. This yeah. was like when I was in elementary school. Is when that no, was. We were fetuses then. <laughs> That's not true. We were oh very young. I'm not that much older than you. You're six years older than us. Yes. When I was okay. in elementary school, you were not a fetus. <laughs> Almost. Okay. Gosh. Sorry. Um. So anyway, oh, I did want to say though, I think this one's interesting because it's related to that idea of like not entangling your lives as much as it might be tempting to do when you're in that NRE. Yeah. Like we right. always say, don't don't sign anything in the first year at least. 
You're because, probably not going to do that. Because it's so tempting to do, but if you're long distance, that's not I don't gonna think happen. you're going to do that. Yeah. I guess that's true, huh? Just signing up for like a Skype contract together. A Skype. <laughs> you know, that, that thing that I exists. know, it's not a thing. I'm just saying like <laughs> something like that to help your long distance relationship um, out. There's some other stats and stats we could throw at you. I found these ones a little bit more boring. I mean, there's stuff oh, okay. like it's like the average long distance couple. It's you know the average distance that are apart is 125 miles, which honestly to me feels like absolutely nothing, nothing whatsoever because yeah, I'm like, frequently halfway across the world. But yeah. yeah, I get it. The struggle is real. Or things like people. The average apparently is people see each other every one and a half months or so. Is that correct? We've heard kind of conflicting things. It's yeah. either that they've seen, they see each other every one and a half months or they see each other one and a half times a month. Which would be three times every two months. So somewhere in that range. Well, anyway, when we do our own research study on this, then we'll get <laughs> yeah. our own we'll numbers and we can crunch definitive. that and let you all know. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, right. but I mean, outside of those kind of silly stats and stats, I think these more serious ones that we were talking about, I think is very encouraging, actually, uh, to mm. know that it's like, actually, you know, you have a pretty good chance at success, even if your relationship is, is long distance. As yeah. long as, you know, as I provided you're doing all the things that are necessary to have a good, healthy, sustainable relationship. But... It's not that you're necessarily at a huge disadvantage against someone who is uh, geographically proximal, as it were. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, those old GPPs, geographically proximal partners. Ah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like what's I the like other it. P? No, this will be like a this will be like a government meeting where like everything's acronyms. Just <laughs> you know GPP. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know me. me. Okay. Either yeah. a government meeting or a freaking cult. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Both mm -hmm. good things. Yeah. yeah. All right. So do we have some tips for hips? From some hip tips? Yeah. yeah. For for chips. <laughs> Man, tip hip tips for chips. That's what I just said. So something that Emily pointed out last time is like we've revisited long distance relationships a couple times and like our first time we did it, we did we only had three tips. And then next time we had Five, seven, tips. seven, seven tips. Seven. We, oh, we upgraded up to seven. Okay. Yeah. So then we're like, okay, this time it's got to be like another uh, odd like, number. Odd because number, that is more like artistically weird prime number or something. Correct. Um, yeah. So I think we got like nine tips, maybe even 10. We got a lot. I, I good just stuff counted here. and it's nine. It's nine. Okay, great. Nine. But some so, of them are kind of multi tips. Okay, great. So in like three years or so, we'll be up to like 25 tips for oh my gosh. a healthy long distance relationship. <laughs> we Just stick got, we with better us, like folks. run through those super yeah. quickly. Exactly. All right. Okay. What's our first one here? Okay. So our first tip is to cultivate your own social life and your own interests. And this one, it basically sounds like the same advice that we give for any type of relationship. It's <laughs> and true. it's true. Um, be you your know, own person. Yeah. Connect you know, have, have friendships or other partners or, you know, whatever it is. Um, don't just sit around kind of pining and waiting for the moment that you get to talk to them again. Because if you think about it, like, that's not what a healthy in-person or geographically proximal relationship looks like. So, that's also not how a healthy long-distance relationship looks. Yeah. Right? It's just be, be interesting and the other person will be more interested in you and you'll be more interested in your own life. Um, just by being interesting and doing stuff, like figuring out what it is you like and what you like to do. Right. I think I was reading somewhere, and I, I didn't include it in our show notes because like they didn't exactly back this up with research, but like some article mentioned that women 
tend to do better with long distance relationships or struggle less. And like I said, they didn't back it up with any figures. So like take that with a grain of salt. However, that does make sense with kind of the statistics about how like women tend to just have better support networks. And so they, they get through breakups like a lot faster than men do, for instance. Um, It's interesting because I've also been hearing about a lot of statistics recently about how that trend of like men not having support groups outside of their romantic relationships is also starting to change with like millennial guys having like the bromance is what the media loves to call it. But that idea that men are having more close, intimate, like emotional, platonic, Mm -hmm. same sex friends. That's fantastic. Uh, So it'd be interesting to see if that changes over time too. Yeah. Unfortunately, still no major studies that also includes people who don't identify as a man or a woman, but that is the trend. But anyway, just, yeah, that same takeaway is like still keep investing in your support network outside of your long distance partner. And, and especially just your also, life in general. Yeah. And if you're not monogamous, that of course includes also continuing to invest in your other partners as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So second tip, tip number two. Um, so that is, you know, when you're sharing with your long distance partner, make sure that you're sharing the details of stuff that's going on in your life. Even the boring stuff, even when it's just like, yeah, I had like this awkward lunch with a coworker today or, oh yeah, you know, I had to like have this long conversation with my mom and it's best to avoid generalizations because like something that's like so great about when you're with a partner who actually is proximal to you is that you get a little bit more of that insight into the everyday stuff, the day-to-day stuff. And so when you avoid generalizing when talking about your life, it helps that long distance partner to have a little more of that a snapshot of what's going on in your life. So as in, you know, instead of just saying, oh yeah, I had a, you know, lunch with my coworker, go more into detail about like what you got. Is it like your favorite place? What did you order? What was the things that you talked about? What made it awkward? How did you feel afterwards? Was there anything funny? You know, don't be afraid to kind of go into more depth. For me, this is one that I struggled with for a mm-hmm. long time and still sometimes do because I sometimes just felt self-conscious of like, am I just boring this person with unnecessary (laughs) detail? Like, do they really want to know? But I'd say like err on the side of more just again, to kind of help foster that sense of them getting a taste of what goes on in your day to day life. I think that actually a really nice side effect that comes along is it will keep you from painting something with too broad a brush in terms of how it felt. So for example, Mm -hmm in both of your examples, it was like, I had this talk with my mom and I had this awkward dinner with a coworker, awkward meeting with a coworker that I feel like it is really easy to go to those kind of like, I had this not great thing and I had this not great thing and Mm. this awkward thing and this stressful thing. And I have these deadlines. And if you're just painting very generally, it's like, gosh, everything really sucks right now. And it's kind of a downer. (laughs) But if you go into the specifics, it's like, I had this awkward dinner with my coworker and in talking about it, you're like, but man, like the vegan bolognese that I had was amazing. Oh my amazing. God, right? <laughs> right? There's or, a place where I get a vegan bolognese and uh, it's, yeah? it's so, so good. <laughs> right, that you get into like those kind of details that yeah. when you're just giving that broad story, get lost and, and it helps your partner to also kind of see all the nuance and that everything isn't all bad all the time or all good all the time, that there's all the different experiences and colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And along those same lines, also like take more pictures, send more pictures than you think that you should. I you know I've talked about this a lot. Pictures of yourself yeah. specifically. No, you not just selfie. pictures of yourself. Oh. Not just pictures of yourself. Like I think Look also kind cool of along thing. the same lines of yeah, take pictures <laughs> of what's going on in your environment. Take random pictures of that awesome vegan bolognese and like send it to your partner, you know, take pictures <laughs> of like a cute little bird that you saw. Like, again, like more things that you can do to kind of help bring this person into your world. And also receiving that kind of stuff is really nice too. Again, just this idea of like, Oh, I just, you know, just thought about you during my day when I saw this beautiful camellia or something like that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a flower. It's a type of flower. Um, well, send me one. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any in my proximity right now. Well, but when I you do, do best. You, don't, <laughs> you don't have any geographically proximal camellias. No, I don't. Only long That's distance camellias at this point. Quite um, unfortunate, but yeah, when you do, I right. uh, with my partner Alex. Um, one time, I like this wasn't too long ago. I realized I was like, "Can you just like send me a picture of your desk at work?" Like I realized, like, like, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like. You're there all the uh. time. And like, I have my vision in my head, but I've never actually seen it. And so mm. he was like, Oh, okay. You know, and like, like little silly stuff like that actually Sweet. goes a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that very much. Um, so the third tip for hippos is going to be <laughs> make time for processing things, both in person and when long distance. And this one I really like, because I love this one. yeah no it's it's fantastic for a variety of reasons but i was thinking about this in relation to like having an issue and speaking about it right in the moment can again mm. often be like fraught with a lot of emotion and mm. the great thing about being in a long distance relationship is that you have some time and you have some time to sort of cultivate like a good response to maybe something that they said or you know just be like hey like do I need to be reactive right now or can I can I just think about what was said and like come up with a good response or uh speak about my emotions in like a non non I guess disrespectful manner or whatever. Mm. Uh but then also obviously it is very very important to speak about things in person when you see that person face to face if you're actually mm. like in a proximal moment with them. And also maybe when you're long distance with them. But I would say like things like radars are really, really important here. That's like the number one. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. again, then you're not like just talking about like every single time you're on the phone with this person. Hey, this came up today. Like, I really want to talk about what you said in that text message or something. And it doesn't become this like habitual pattern of the only time that you talk is to like hash out some shit. But mm-hmm. instead you you specifically make that time for okay we really need to discuss a multitude of things today and let's have a radar or sit down for it right yeah i mean i get this question from my clients a lot who are in long distance relationships of like oh like i have this thing i want to bring up but mm. we're going to see each other next week and i and i haven't seen them in a long time and i just want it to be good and positive and us not you know processing stuff and yeah and so, yes, of course, like having something in place like a radar, like this this dedicated container for communication is great. But I also encourage people like you need to flex, learn to flex both muscles, both totally. the muscle of talking things out when you are a long distance, when it, when it does have to be either over text or email or over a video call or something like that. But also, you know, flex that muscle and build that muscle of talking about things, even when you're in person, because if you neglect one or the other, it's really going to 
stymie you essentially in the long run like if you kind of prevent yourself from having that skill so it is important to be able to do both things and you don't want to like set the precedent of okay when we see each other like this is the time that we hash everything out or vice versa exactly yeah yeah exactly Exactly. like oh i'm just gonna like kind of tamp everything down when i see you because i want it to be perfect and okay like that's not a good way to act either So again, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's important to have the flexibility and know that like, okay, I'm going to be able to constructively speak to my partner, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether or not we're like next to each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. Definitely. So moving along to. uh, I was just going to say, so if you're listening to this and are in a long distance relationship going, huh? Go listen to our radar, our relationship Mm -hmm. radar episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Because that was something that in the like year that we spent kind of refining that process and tweaking it and figuring out like how to make that work the best. Um, a lot of that was spent with Dedeker and I in a long distance relationship, trying that out as well as the three of us, you know, in, even in our like friend and professional relationship, having different configurations mm-hmm. of long distance relationship. Yeah. So like it was very much Josh and yeah, all right. of us kind of perfecting. Right. The method. But it was especially transformative, I think, for those times of long distance Mm. because it helps you both plan for the times together and plan for the times apart. Yeah. And to do that without it having to take over every single conversation you have. Yeah. Right. Right. And on that note, moving on to number four, um, really, really, really pay attention to love languages. Again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go specifically look for our episodes that we did on love languages, or you can just Google the five love languages. Most people know about it, it seems, if you're listening to this podcast and have Mm -hmm. any interest in relationships and communication, you've probably probably heard about love languages. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's, it's, you know, the particular language that you and that your partner give and receive love. And it's everything from acts of service, physical, non-sexual touch, words of affirmation, quality time, and gifts. That's all of them, right? I was was counting to see if you got it. Yeah, well done. You know, and so really pay attention to what your partner's love language is because that's really going to make it a lot easier for you to be able to still help them to feel loved and appreciated even when you're at a distance. And yes, that even includes touch, even if your partner's love language is touch. And arguably that's like the most difficult one when you're at a distance because obviously you can't, physically touch each other at least not yet not till we figure out some really cool technology for being able to transmit touch sensations um across long distances but a way of getting around this is like you can still include a lot of touch-based language in your communication like you can still talk a lot about like physical attributes of your partner about like I really miss the way that your skin feels or I really love it. Like when you touch my hair or I love it when you play with my beard or things like that. And again, like with all of these things, of course it's not going to be as good as the real thing as like actually playing with your partner's beard or hugging them or kissing them or having sex with them. But you can still include that language when you are talking to your partner and I can still kind of scratch that itch if your partner is someone where like touch is very, very important to them. Mm-hmm. And Bye-bye. so for the rest of them, you know, like gifts, you know, it's relatively easy to send gifts now or to send like little care packages or things like that. And same with um, 
you know, verbal affirmations and quality time, again, like blocking out quality time for you to spend together. So again, just like really, really pay attention to your partner's love language and also communicating your own as well. Because if you're experiencing frustration in a long distance relationship, sometimes it can lead down to that, that like, you're kind of not being spoken to in the language that makes you feel the most loved. And so learning to communicate that with your partner can also help. Yeah. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Let's move on to tip number five. 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 All right. And this one is to let go of the need to get a response right away. And to figure out a way to communicate a little bit more about that with your partner. So, wanted to discuss this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the first thing is... I guess easier said than done, maybe. Yeah. But it's this um, kind of letting go of a need to get a response right away. And I find that this happens particularly with, um, well, I mean, obviously this is with more text messaging or instant messaging of some sort, Facebook messages, whatever, where in your life, especially if you're in different time zones, but even if you're not, like you don't know what their life is, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't know what they're doing right now, that it can be really tempting to send a message and then kind of sit there and, Wait, Did they read what it? What the hell? Like, what oh, they is read happening? it, but they haven't responded yet. Oh my god! Who, you know, you don't know what's happening, yeah. and it's so easy to like make up a story about why they're not responding to you, or just to get upset about it, or feel get anxious. Right? There's a whole host of things. I've been there. I've done. I've had all of those things, um, and is just kind of intellectually like reminding yourself. I don't know what's going on right now. They might be right in the middle of a conversation and they pulled up your thing and clicked on it and saw it, even if they didn't have time to respond right then. And they might be thinking about it, or maybe they did see it at a time they couldn't respond. And then they forgot later, not out of some sort of like, Oh, it's cause I never think of you, but right. There's just like a whole host of reasons for it. And it's just better for both of you. If you don't try to you guess what those are, chill out, right? Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. Just fucking chill. Jeez, what I'm trying to geez. say. Okay. <laughs> That's my message to myself. It's just fucking oh, chill. I see. Yeah. Got it. Um, and then along with that is to make it so it's okay to communicate that. 
Um, for example, I've been, you know, quite a few time zones apart from a partner of mine for the last few months. And actually, we've been like switching time zones because mm. she's been traveling around and I've been traveling around. And so, our time zonal relationship, our relativistic time zonal relationship to each other, it has been changing. Yeah. And so, it's been extra important to to kind of check in of like, what time is it for you right now? Or to say something like, that's really cool. I'm really excited to see more of it. And I really want to see pictures from mm. this event that you're going to right now, but I'm falling asleep right now. Or like, but I'm going to read a little bit and then go to bed or, or I'm about to head to this like family engagement, right. Of kind of just like that little bit of communication of like, I am really interested in you and what you're talking about. And here's my circumstance, which is why I'm not going to respond to you for the next right few the hours second. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of that is, I, I guess I'm like going back and forth between the giving and receiving, is to let them go. When the person's like, I've got to go to work or I have to go to sleep because it's late or something, it can seem really romantic and cute to be like, no, I don't want you to go. Or like, oh, I'm going to miss you so much. And that can be really cute sometimes. But I've actually found most of the time being on the giving or receiving end of that, it, it it actually really can create a lot of stress and a lot of hurt um, mm. and a lot of guilt feeling like, Oh my God, even they're if you, missing me so much. Yeah. Or even if you just meant it to be cute, you might actually make yourself more upset than you actually were. Mm. Right. If it's like, Oh, I'm so sad. Oh no, please don't go. Mm. And they have to mm -hmm. be like, no, I really do need to sleep. Or it leads to them staying up too late and then getting tired, which as we talked about in the last episode, is just bad, bad news all around. Get enough sleep, Truth. please. Um, so anyway, that's these are kind of all related, right? It's yeah. like, let go of the need for a response right away. Be able to communicate if you can when you're not able to give that or what's going on in your life. And then lastly is when the other person says they're not available to go like, oh, cool. Great. Like, I'm we'll looking forward later. to hearing from you later or something like that. Yeah, right. Right. And that leads us to number six, our next tip, which is to have regular rituals for communication, for dates, and for your in-person time. So that means that can mean something like, hey, what works for you? Let's plan on every Wednesday night. We'll have a Skype call and we'll have a Skype date. And let's just kind of roughly plan on that. Um, or again, like if you're in a time in a place where you know your schedule a little bit better, like let's just kind of roughly plan that we'll see each other at least every two months or so. And that we'll kind of just roughly plan on that. Um, I know we talked about this in our former episode that we talked about long distance relationships. Um, but uh, we came up with this concept of DCT of direct communication time. And I found that this has actually worked out quite well in my relationships when I'm I long distance. Was, I thought it was dedicated communication time. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That's what I meant, is dedicated communication time. Um, <laughs> Our acronyms are more important than the words themselves. <laughs> Apparently. Exactly. Dedicated, anyway, direct, whatever works in the moment. Yeah, exactly. So the DCT, essentially, like, what I've worked out with some of my partners is this idea of, like, okay, so we have kind of our regular Skype time, and we have our plans around seeing each other in person and stuff like that, but we've decided to also set aside literally just, like, 
15, maybe 30 minutes, but like it can be as little as 15 minutes where we just know it works out with both of our schedules and our time zones that we know for 15 minutes, we're available either for a phone call or a video call, or most often just texting with each other, but just knowing that like we're able to have a real time conversation while texting with each other. And it sounds like a kind of silly and like a little bit insignificant thing, but I found that it actually makes a major difference even being able to have, even if you're texting throughout the day, but even having just that 15 minutes of just dedicated time where, you know, I can bring something up if we need to figure out something logistically in the moment, or if we do want to have that beer, a little regular check-in about our day or whatever. Um, but again, just finding the time that works for both your schedules. And again, it can be short and it can be flexible. Um, I would say ideally it should be short. Yes. Yeah. Ideally it should be short. Um, But again, where you can still have that real-time conversation, and it does make quite a bit of difference. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's lovely. And also, just be be okay with um, rescheduling those things. Like if you do that weekly, you know, every week on Wednesday nights is when we do our call. Like it's it's okay to change that sometimes too. But by having it in advance, and if it's on your calendar, if you schedule something that's on a Wednesday, you know, oh, I got to reschedule this. Yeah. Like by planning it in advance, even if you have to change it, even if you end up rescheduling it every week, it's at least there as a reminder of like, up, I've scheduled something at the same time. We need to have a conversation about rescheduling it. Right. Right. Um, And then uh, the other one about that was um, for something like if you're doing something less often, like a radar or, you know, kind of like a longer hangout session. Uh, something that Dedeker and I have found to be helpful is um, scheduling the next one at the beginning of this one. Mm. So not waiting till the end, you know, where often you're like both tired and it's like, you want to eke out every last moment of hanging out with each other and then being like, Oh crap, well we'll schedule it later. And then a week goes by and you haven't rescheduled it. Mm. It's just right at the start. Actually. It's like, Oh, this is awesome. Let's schedule our next one before we even start watching a movie together or Whatever. I need right. to remember to do that in my radars too. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like and that's it's good for long distance. I know. On the radar worksheet, it's like at the top of the page. Yeah. <laughs> Schedule, Schedule the for next, next time. Yeah. I know that's very, very smart. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, okay. So, number seven? seven. Seven. Avoid checking in with your partner too frequently. And this is an interesting one because, again, I think that that can come with insecurity. Like, are they thinking about me? Mm. Am I, you know, thinking about them enough? Am I checking in enough? Mm-hmm. All of this stuff. But, but but really, like, avoid doing it to an obsessive level. Um, because, again, it's probably not really going to make you feel better about your time apart from them. Uh, there are moments, probably, where you're going to feel anxious uh, about what's happening in your relationship, if it's going well, what your partner's thinking. But you, again, like going too much, checking in too frequently, that's probably going to maybe make your partner feel a little annoyed with you, maybe a little resentful <laughs> sometimes. That's something that you don't really want to do. And it could also be a sign of just a deeper issue that's going on. Do you have insecurity? Do you have jealousy? Is there a lack of trust there? Um, just say, you know, anything along those lines, like what's really going on. And, and hopefully, if you have the understanding, like, hey, I feel as though maybe I'm annoying my partner with how often I'm checking in, that you have the wherewithal to kind of say, okay, what is actually going on here? And mm-hmm. the ability to ask yourself, like, what do I actually need? 
what's going on or to, if you see it in your partner, be like, hey, like, I see that you're checking in a lot. And every time we kind of have this conversation, like, yeah, I'm good. Mm. Are you good? Like, what's really going on here? Is there Mm. something that you need from me? Are you feeling anxious about something? Can we have a discussion about this? Uh, From a statistical standpoint, actually, long distance relationships, they're, they're less likely to have infidelity than close proximity relationships, according to some studies which is fascinating it is. because again, people are like, Oh, if you're in a long distance relationship, they're going to cheat on you. Hmm. Yeah. That well, is okay. sort of the conventional wisdom. Right? Yeah. Well, now I want to ask, why do you think that is? Well, because I mean, again, it's like that idea that, Oh, well, I'm not there to like monitor their moves. I think that's it. Yeah. And they, and I, they're, you know, because I'm not around them, they're just going to go hog wild and like sleep with whomever. Well, but no, I'm asking like, but why is it that in reality, long distance relationships are less likely? Oh. Well, no, that's what I mean. I, I, I think that's the deal is that, that so, so this, from the studies that we were looking at, yeah, one of them, I think showed that it was slightly less likely that long distance relationships would have infidelity than proximal ones. But that most of the studies seem to be like they're they're equal, like it doesn't make a difference, which yeah, yeah. still still goes against the conventional wisdom. Yes, but I think it's it's actually more about the that idea of like constantly monitoring mm. your partner's behavior is something that I think in traditional relationships we delude ourselves into thinking that by doing that we're somehow keeping them more faithful to us but instead Mm. it's like "Mm, i'm kind of this is not an attractive quality in you well that (laughs) too yeah Yeah. that too but also just that it doesn't actually make any difference like that you don't Mm. have this like mind control over them and and even if you were in a relationship where your monitoring was the thing keeping them from cheating on you yeah you got a whole host of problems oh, yeah. before <laughs> <Shout>. that. <laughs> That's true. That's you true. know? So yeah. I, I guess I feel like it's kind of, it, it's more, it's more, and from some of the stuff I was reading, it's like infidelity happens in relationships because of a lack of communication and like honest communication in that relationship. Yeah. Like what do I actually want here? Right. Maybe I want to have multiple relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It could be that sort of conversation that hasn't been had, and that that's not something specifically tied to distance or not. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And actually, that does lead to number eight, which is to make sure that you are clearly communicating about expectations. This can include having conversations about how realistically, how often can we visit each other? You know, taking in mind not only the distance, but also availability of time, other money, other partners, money, because it definitely costs, you know, it costs a lot to travel to be able to see somebody. Um, Mm -hmm. Have conversations about, do you ever want to live close to each other? And it's interesting that when we're, you know, doing all this research for this episode, most articles are written with a traditional monogamous audience in mind. And so most articles are saying, have an end date. Exactly. You need to have an end date to this long distance. Like you need to have a time when you know you're going to live in the same city or in the same house or going to move closer to each other or something. And polyamorous relationships may never have that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that if you are conducting a more traditional monogamous relationship, that may very well be part of the conversation, part of the ongoing conversation to have an idea of 
you know, are we, how long are we willing to tolerate being long distance? But that may not be the case for you. Um, that may not be what you want. You may not be interested in eventually moving to the same city that this particular partner is in or having them move in with you or whatever. Um, so again, having those conversations on an ongoing basis, like checking in about that. It's a great topic for a radar to, again, just kind of check in about living situation, how you're feeling, you know, do you want to come visit for an extended period of time, like for a couple months, if you can pull that off? Or do we want to try living together or living in the same city or, or something like that? Or are we not interested in that at all? Um, and all that's okay, just as long as you're communicating about it. Um, also talking about what you each expect for your individual futures. I know it's hard sometimes when you don't know exactly what the future is going to bring, but if you have some ideas about your career or what you want to do as far as building a family or not, or traveling or having a house or not, or whatever, you know, again, having those ongoing conversations. Um, and then also really, really important. It means also clearly communicating with your other partners. If you have other partners, you know, especially geographically close partners about your long distance relationship as well, it can be really easy to fall into this mindset of like, Oh, out of sight, out of mind, you know, mm. this other partner doesn't really exist or this other relationship doesn't really exist or it doesn't have any influence on my relationships that are proximal to me. Um, but it's important to make sure that, you know, you're if you have multiple partners, you're talking to all of your partners about your long distance partner the same way you would as though it was someone who lived close to you, you know, that you're still giving the appropriate weight and attention and time and investment that is, you know, appropriate and matches, you know, however invested and committed the long distance relationship happens to be. And to let that long distance partner know that that's something that you talk about too, yeah. mm -hmm. right? To be like, Oh, I was actually just mentioning this thing to my other partner about you, yeah. about this thing that we were talking about, you know, whatever, again, hopefully it's something that's appropriate to share based on your relationship agreements and what that person's okay with. Um, but it does really help to feel like, oh, yeah, I'm, not being, feel I'm not being hidden from everyone else. I'm yeah. not the relationship that they do, you know, in secret in their bedroom right. on Skype, you know, right. that I'm actually a, yeah. a, a person that people in their life know about. That's lovely. Okay, now we get to do the fun stuff. Number yeah. nine. Which is number nine. Number, number nine. nine. Oh, we went different number nine songs. Yeah. That's great. Wait, what's the number nine song that you did? I was doing the, the Beatles one. Oh, the yeah, number yeah, nine. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the nine. revolution number nine, I see. Yeah, yeah but no, I was doing Hamilton. Yeah. Obviously. Um, so number nine is let's talk about some specific ideas for fun stuff to do with your partner. Uh, so... Can I just share real quick? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be entering into a long distance relationship shortly because I'm going to be gone for a couple months um, in China. I will be gone for two months. So I will be like spending the longest amount of time away from my nesting partner that I have ever. Mm -hmm. uh, but a really sweet thing that he did was he bought me like, a picture frame that is a digital picture frame that mm. like you take a picture and then it uploads to the frame. So I'll have it like sitting by my bedside. And then if he takes a picture it'll like upload straight to the Ooh. frame, like so, you can add stuff cute. to that album. That exactly. Will show up there. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally. Cute. Yeah. Uh -huh. So again, that's like a really good idea. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's cool. Obviously like 
the he can send me stuff but if like we are going to be on totally different time zones mm-hmm. right. so maybe i can like wake up and then i'll see a bunch of pictures the of stuff that he did throughout the day mm. and i can do the same for him on the other end yeah so, that's a really cool idea yeah yeah so i like that one but there's nice. a bunch of other ones so do you guys want to talk about things that you've done yeah, totally. Oh, sure. I mean, I yeah. think that we've, you know, I think everyone tosses out, you know, it's so easy to do like a movie date or a TV show date just with, you know, streaming services and Netflix and everything. Just to, Do you just you know, like pull- start it at the same time? So there's a few ways to go about that. Um, one is starting it at the same time, which is honestly most often what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is um, a service that I started using recently that's, um, it's called what is it? It's it's called Rabbit. A, it's Rabbit. I'm just like, is it Rabbit.io? No, ra- it's R-A-B-B dot I-T. Um, but Rabbit. And it lets you essentially like create a private room or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you could have a whole group of people, um, but you can share a tab from your web browser essentially. So you could have YouTube up or Netflix or, you know, whatever it is and can be watching something while the other person's watching through your streaming link yeah anyway uh, i found some luck with that um it makes it easier to like especially if you're watching something you want to start and stop a lot and talk about mm-hmm. that's a lot easier than trying to sync up like wait okay what how many seconds and are you at three uh, okay. right two, two. one wait do go. we go on go or yes, on no, one what, uh, get on, i've definitely go, had that conversation obviously. so many times God. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> what else do we got dads uh i love doing book club i haven't done one in a little while in my relationships but um yeah just picking out a like either picking out the same book that you're gonna read and talk about or suggesting different books to each other like maybe that you know one of your favorite books you suggest to your partner and then your partner suggests one of their favorite books and then you both read and then discuss um you know any kind of exchange like that is really great it's been, like i said it's been a while since i've done it but what i what i like about that option is that it takes off that pressure of having to both read at the same rate oh that's yeah. true that's yeah. true is that if you're both each you know you're each reading a book that the other person's already read you know it's it's okay if you're kind of out of sync in how yeah. much reading time you have that's, well, that's true you don't have to worry about yeah. like spoilers or anything like that yeah, 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 exactly. Or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you'll read through like three books that I've read in the past and we can talk about in the time it takes me to read through one of your favorite books. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Now that you're this like badass speed reader these days. Ooh. Well. You were doing that before. Well. well. Whatever. I did just finish a book on the plane back here to LA. So. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite things are video games. Woo. Obviously. Yes. And yeah, you two like did video game dates, right? Oh, all the oh, time. Yeah. I do yeah. video game dates with yeah, with Alex yeah, as with well everyone. all the time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. great. Yeah, and yeah. video game dates can work in a couple different ways. It could either be a video game that you can play online with mm-hmm. each other. Um our favorite right now is Stardew Valley for that. I know they added, I need to get in on that. They added multiplayer to that. So Dedeker and I have a nice little farm together. I know. It's a little love we, farm. I know. I we raise chickens and rabbits and cows get and me in on plants. This farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, got You got to buy the game, and then we'll okay. add you to the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be something else that Dedeker and I do a lot is we'll play like point and click adventure games, <sighs> where one person will be the one playing. And we'll do a screen share. Yeah. So and the then other collaboratively, person, like, 
make right. the decisions do this. Or, yeah. or be like, oh, did yeah. you click on that thing up there? Like, oh, what if that clue's related to this? Yeah, that's awesome. I yeah. love that. Um, yeah, done a lot probably, of that. Probably wouldn't work as well if, you know, like one of you's like playing, you know, Super Mario and the other's commenting, like that might be less fun. <laughs> but if <laughs> a it's a story-based game, you kind of get to talk about like, oh, yeah. wait, oh, I remember they talked about this thing. You should go check that. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun way to interact. Or yeah, if you're a little awesome. more hardcore, there's always MMOs. You oh, know, yeah. I yep. definitely maintained many relationships in the past over <laughs> WoW. Yeah, or you could get into Second Life. Or, yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's Lots a lot of, of there's a lot there. of options out there today. Yeah, oh, boy, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what else? What 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 other fun things are there that we can do for our partners long distance? Um. Oh yeah, I liked this one. Sharing a recipe. Like, yeah, I saw that on something that you both could like set up the, you know, your, your Skype going on or whatever. And uh-huh. like you, you do a recipe. Oh, like you night. both cook the same thing. Exactly. Oh, and then you try That's it cool. together and you're like, mm. <laughs> look, at what, <laughs> look at what I made. Was yours as good as mine? No. I was going to wow. say, it actually kind of turns into a cooking competition a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Great British baking show, that shit. Uh-huh. Or maybe you teach the other person a recipe oh. that you like to make. Oh, that's cute. They only I like really that. think one thing really well. Well, there you go. That's your, yeah. you get, this I, is a one-time use. It. It's my yeah. vegan pad thai. <laughs> it is, it is really good. I will attest to that. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I will tell a personal story about something that Dedeker did for me oh, once. Oh, yeah, this was sweet. Where she coordinated with one of my friends who works with me um, about ordering a lunch for me where she was in a different country, yeah. but she ordered lunch for me through TaskRabbit. Um, and so they came and delivered, and it was a place that we had gone together and that was you know important to us and significant to us. And um, that my friend was like, hey, like, don't go to lunch yet. Uh, you know, like, to, <laughs> don't like, go. And you're like, the fuck? I was just like, what? He's like, just trust me. Like, don't go to lunch yet. Like, you're just like, wait. Um, <laughs> so I waited, and then okay. he like, you know, got it from the delivery person at the door, and then he was like, this is from Dedeker. Uh, and it was sweet, and I probably cried. I don't know. Oh, um, I think um, I remember you telling me that you cried unquestionably. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, we ended up right. um, video chatting a little bit while I was eating yes. it. Yeah, yeah that Aww. sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so fun stuff like that is nice. I feel like it's pretty easy these days to send yeah. people surprise stuff. It's easier you know? in the U.S. It's yeah, harder. easy in the U.S. Because I tried yeah. to do that for you, and I was like looking into like services in Singapore that did the same thing, and I was oh. just like, Phew. well, Singapore um. is more, much more stubborn yeah. about these things. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like if you're in the U.S., if you you know if you can afford an Amazon Prime account um, or not, even if you don't have a Prime account, like it's just so easy to be able to send something to someone oh, remotely, sure. like whatever you want, whether it's you know new socks from Amazon or if it's, you know, one of those cool, like the serial killer sending you a letter every what? month for some, which I don't so understand romantic. the appeal of those, but some people are into it. Yeah. Um, you know, things what? like that. It's like a, it's, we'll, we'll tell you about it later. Yeah. We'll talk about it afterwards. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Well, yeah. so many fun things to do. Yeah. yeah, seriously, a lot of fun things. We definitely love to hear from you. Um, of course, like long distance relationships, the whole topic is very relevant to us. So we're always open to hearing from all y'all listeners of like what you found is really great for your long distance relationship 
Or also let us know if, if you're still in that phase of, uh, I guess it's not really a phase, if you've still chosen to be like, nah, never going to do that again, not for me, because want to hear about that too. That's totally okay too. Anyway, the best place to share your thoughts with us and with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook or discourse forums. You can get access to those groups and you can also join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at You can leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-0-5. Or you can leave us a voice message on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> Just like slower than normal. It's good. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.